Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. The show you're about to listen to is very old and comes with a warning. When we recorded these shows over a decade ago, the world was a different place and we were little more than children. As a result of this, you might hear a few things that by today's standards we judge to be inappropriate or offensive. Please don't be offended. In the years that have passed since recording these shows, we've all grown up to be wonderful, loving, liberal, free-thinking, open-minded individuals. If the us from over a decade ago say something to upset the you of today, please understand that we're as disgusted with ourselves as you are. But isn't this what life is all about? Learning and growing? We all said and did things in our younger days that make us cringe when we think about them. We just recorded it and put it out on the internet. With all that in mind, I hope you enjoy the show. Oh, and there's just one more thing. Don't email the show or try to enter competitions. We don't have that email anymore and all the competitions are over. We do have a Facebook group where you're very welcome to discuss any aspects of the podcast. Please visit simplysyndicated.com for more information. Now establishing data link. Accessing. Hello and welcome to another episode of Make It So, episode number eight. Eight. We always do that. Yeah. So, so number three, and then you repeat the number. All right, okay. I don't know why we should get out of that. Maybe we now. should. This week we're discussing time travel within the Star Trek universe. Ooh. This is a touchy subject. Sometimes mm. it's done very well, sometimes very badly. I'd vouch for very badly most of the time. Most of the time. Mm. Give me an example of it done badly then, right off the right. bat. Right, rather good. Star Trek Four. How? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. You've got several things that make it bad. One is how they logistically do it, as in what method they employ to go back in time. Yeah. Um, and I think it's fair to say whenever the actual crew itself deliberately go back in time as something that they are trying to do and are managed to achieve faster than light travel, time, travel through time themselves, it's a bit shit. I agree with you there. When they get dragged through a vortex or a wormhole by an unknown being or in the middle of a temporal war... When it just happens... When it just happens... Then it's generally it's, much better and more believable. Yeah, much better and more believable. Um, and then, of course, where they end up. Generally speaking... The episodes where they end up in the past are a bit shit. The episodes when they end up in the future are quite interesting because there's always the prelude of what's to come, etc., that sort of thing. I can't think of many examples of them ending up in the future. Well, there was the Fool's, Fool's Gold episode, wasn't there? The um, future tense in Series 4 of Next Gen where um, Riker ends up however many years in the future and... Um, oh, that's not a time travel that's episode. Not, that's not actually a time travel episode. No, that's episode. a holodeck program. Yeah. Ah, tricky so that one. That was, a, that was a bit of a tricky one, but that was quite good. I, you know, I yeah, thought, they did that well. They did I that enjoyed well. that episode. And actually, the before it turned out to be a ruse, the time travel was quite plausible, that he just had a yeah. disease that made him forget everything 
that happened in the past 20 years. Very well done indeed. I suppose it all started with the time travel when they went back to the 60s and Jim Kirk started doing Joan Collins. Right. Uh, what was that one called? I can't remember. Mm. Uh, it's one of the enhanced ones at the moment, actually, so it'll be on Sky One soon. Bones goes mad. I've seen that one. Bones goes mad, jumps through the time vortex into the past. Kirk and Spock have to go back and get him. Right. And uh, it, it begins with the problem because straight away, as with all the time travel ones, we've got Spock's ears to deal with. Right. And that is something that all the characters in all the different series faced when they had time travel. We mm-hmm. had to explain data and yeah. Worf and things like that. What or, was Data's explanation? He was French. That was it. He was Or French. at least that was Time's Arrow. Time's Arrow's explanation. He was a Frenchman. That was why he had silver skin and golden eyes. Yeah, the golden-eyed Frenchman. Yeah. Okay. Um, In original Spock, series, Spock put a hat on. Yeah, and then he put a bandana around his ears, didn't he? And In Star Trek Four, I remember one of the, the only one of the few DS9s that ever dealt with time travel. Um, I think Kira put an elastoplast across her, um, or a band aid across her nose. Yeah, been in a fight, that sort of thing. And uh, the scene I'm remembering now, there seem to be more time travel episodes in Deep Space Nine. Uh, because we had uh, no, was there I remember a, no, more. When did the temporal gen. prime directive come along? That's all. Um, oh, that was yeah. That was a DS9. The ones the DS9 I can remember is the one the Roswell episode. That's a good one. With, which you yeah, kind of forgive them for that for the fact mm. that it's quite funny episode. Yeah. The Ferengis are the three little green men in, in Roswell in 1940, whatever who crash-landed in Area 51. That was quite a good little episode. Um, but that, again, was that was a more plausible one because they go through a rift, don't they? Yeah. But with all of these rift episodes, it's always how they get back, which always makes gets me a bit knocked off because it's always kind of shuffled under the carpet at the end of the episode even at the end of first contact when they like they're they're still in 21st century 22nd I hate century that one earth yeah and at the very end of the film they're just like well we've worked out how to re- recreate the vortex of the board ship created uh, at the beginning of the film and uh, we'll be back to the 24th century in no time yeah. plot of course mr data engage so um, that's it you've discovered time travel you've discovered now. time travel why hasn't it been used since or mm. prior yeah you know, after that you know i well, it all gets a bit muddled up in time travel episodes, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. But and there's no consistency. It's one of the examples of Star Trek where you just have to suspend an awful lot. Well, again, Star Trek Four, they establish that a rocket, you know, a rickety old bird of prey, if slung around the sun, can travel faster than time. Yeah. And if you put in the proper calculations, how exactly you do that, I don't know. What do you put them into? What do you put them into? What does that thing then apply the, them to? The theoretical to? sunshine slingshot time drive that Spock created on Spock um, that you managed to, can, you can actually go all the way back to the uh, 20th century, 400 years in the past. To right. find the nuclear vessels. To find the nuclear vessels and the whales. Um but yeah, if you do that, yeah. So what? 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 Hang on. Right. Okay. So that works. Um, why haven't we done that since? You know, no reason. Well, no reason. No reason. You know, so first the- thing. First thing I'd do if I was say Picard and I'd been slung into the other half of the galaxy and met the Borg for the first time, realise that they're probably going to be coming and really going to fuck the Federation up. Get back to the Federation and think, well, hang on a second. If I put the right calculations in, we can slingshot ourselves around the sun and stop Q from ever doing that. All right. Okay. Let's do that then. 
Why do they never stop, do that? You can't stop Q doing anything. That's well, why. Well, you can't stop. That's it's the just, Chuck Norris of the future. He is the Chuck Norris of the future. Maybe he's what Chuck Norris evolves into. Possibly, or maybe that is what Chuck Norris is. Mm. But then, yeah. But that's just an example. But like, say for example, with any crisis that they've faced over the years, if they know how to travel back in time, which they've established that they do, um, why don't they? Why don't they do something like that? DS9 also had the very famous episode um, Trouble and Tribulations where they go back and that was part of the now, whole... that was genius. That episode was incredible. Mm. Very entertaining and covered some wonderful moments. I mean, when Kirk tells off Cisco, that's brilliant. Yeah, uh, Owen O'Brien, they're, they're on the line. Yeah, all the stuff with people in the background of old footage is amazing the mm. fight in the bar mm. <clears throat> I mean I was watching the original Trouble with Tribbles the other day and you're looking at that scene in the bar thinking Worf and Odo are somewhere in the background yeah you're trying to spot around. them but of course they're not there no but it'd been great if they'd done on the enhanced episodes if they'd gone and put them in gone and put them in on the enhanced episodes yeah. that would have been terrific they may yet have done that they I don't know have done that. probably didn't they know. won't have done that it'd be far too much effort but that would have been incredible if they had. Yeah, that would have been spectacular. And and that was an episode done well. I can't remember how they did the time travel in that one. That was another crazy rift thing. Um, right. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't them trying to get back in time. It was another mad temporal anomaly. I just which... find it very strange that we go from time travel not being possible to time travel being possible in a variety of different ways. Mm. And you can use whichever one you feel like using that afternoon. Yeah. You can slingshot around a star. You can create a vortex. And hey, if you pick the wrong one, you can always go back and change it. Exactly. And I just think maybe the writers should have come up with... A, See, a time, method. time travel just generally makes me wince in sci-fi anyway because instantly... You're opening up to an entire series of paradoxical moments mm. which are going to eventually come and bite you in the ass on some level. Um, yeah, I agree. For something that is so based in science as Star Trek is, you know, it's, you know, it's philosophy as well and everything else, but it is science. They're always taking things from a sort of scientific approach, aren't they? I mean, all of the ship's technology is based on ideas that they think could possibly happen, you know, in a certain certain extent. You know, you've got the technical guide to the Enterprise and yes. everything. And yet to take such blatant disregard for all of that with some of the things that they do. I mean, yeah, the butterfly effect, the chaos theory and everything. And, you know, you go back, you change something, you change everything. And that never really fits in and then they started messing with it with um enterprise and you thought to yourself well that's good that you're starting to do that but now you're opening up an entire new can of worms because now that you've actually opened up to the possibility that if you change one thing you change everything then surely everything should be changing all the time in enterprise that's very true but then you open up a world of pain yeah really star trek has been running so long now mm. and it has covered so many periods of its own history which is a very rare thing mm. it's now it must be difficult for them to be fitting things in yeah. especially from a time travel perspective towards the end of Enterprise that it was all so complicated and bent out of shape as it was well it was the, yeah the temporal war the temporal cold war was the which biggest was, wet fish in Star Trek history I thought it was a good idea mm. 
But if something had actually happened, if something it. had happened. But the problem with the idea of a temporal cold war is the fact that it's still based in a linear existence. Yes, and that was the that was the complex bit was the fact that you went back. They went back. It was it was a war being fought in the future, but they were actually fighting it in the past. But they were only fighting it in Scott Bakula's past, and not in any other area. And you know, because obviously, if Captain Archer can't can't fight it, if it's going on in Picard's time, and then it's suddenly going back on to um, Kirk's yeah. time, then then he can't do anything about it. So you still <clears throat> you're limiting the war to a specific time set, which didn't make much sense either no it, it was a bad complicated idea for them to get into I really think I don't think because they, were, they, were sm- they weren't smart enough no not at all to do that story it the, was a very clever idea just poorly executed when you think of the concept of a temporal cold war and when you take into the account the butterfly effect as you say mm. the, the level of devastation that no one would know about yeah in a temporal cold war. That's the other problem. I mean... It, it's a non-factor. How long before somebody does something that prevents the beginning of the war in one way in one way or another? And then how... And then what happens? But it's then just you a paradox send back and then you change that so that the beginning of the war doesn't happen. But then no one knows it didn't happen because you've changed it. But it didn't happen, so you weren't going back to stop it happening. Happening in the first place. So how did which, it stop? So how did you and know about it to stop it? The universe explodes yeah. on its arse. Yeah. And that's no good for anybody. This has been covered at great length in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and Red Dwarf. Yeah. Oddly enough, comedy somehow managed to get around... That's get, because they're not taking it seriously in the but, slightest. But they actually incorporate these ideas. Yes, that's Both of those true. have incorporated those ideas into the, into, you know, the, the thing when they've erased someone from existence and none of them can remember it because he's been erased from existence. You know, and then, you know, yeah, Back to the Future. Yeah. I think the only way to really do chaos theory is to do it as a comedy. <laughs> I, I would agree because it, it's one of those things you just have to suspend belief with. Mm. Star Trek, I think, is very good in that there isn't a great many things that you just have to suspend belief with. Uh, but there are a few things. Mm. It's where does Superman put his Clark Kent outfit when he's Superman syndrome? Mm. Up his ass, I always thought. Up his ass. <laughs> That explains his funny walk. Yeah. And the red pants. Mm. Um, one of the other things, Alison pointed out, she asked me the other night, how does, when they do in, ship's internal communication on the Enterprise, mm. there's so many instances where someone has opened a channel to someone, so to speak, mm. and that person will say an aside to somebody that isn't heard by the other person. Yeah. And then say something slightly louder that is heard by the other mm. person. And how does the computer know when the person is talking to the person on the other end of the community? Oh, there's also and the all that um, four to beam up, and there's seven people on the ground. And well, I never does, thought how, they mucked that one up. How does the transporter chief know which four to beam up? Oh, of course, just generally seven mm. people milling around. There was a tremendous goof, and I can't remember which episode it is, but it's where Picard is just beamed up, and he needs to instantly tell Riker something, and he gets off the transporter pad, hits his communicator, and says, um, Riker to Picard. Does he? Yeah, uh, I remember picking that up and thinking it was brilliant, and it's just like, Riker to Picard, Riker here. So... No, you just called yourself, and you called yourself by the wrong name. Or maybe the computer knows that, extrapolates that information. Maybe it's just a very clever computer. 
You would have got the engage tone on his communicator. Like when you phone yourself. Sorry, Commander Riker is not available to take your message at the moment. Please leave it. This is the Enterprise Answering Service. (laughs) If you'd like to re-record your message at any time, fuck off. Riker, Picard, have you got your foot on Khan again? (laughs) Get it off. Stop calling at the Riser hotline. Oh, I watched Captain's Holiday the other night. And... Riker's a cheeky buggy, you know. Getting him to get the uh, the big wooden statue thing, uh, which is basically the rising equivalent of a 14-inch butt plug. <laughs> sort of thing. Yeah. yeah, look at my big butt plug. I want to seek this butt fun thing. Yeah, it does make you really want to go to Riser. It is, and there's so there's a great deal of sexual innuendo. We're way off the time travel thing. There's we are. a great deal of sexual innuendo in Star Trek, and it's never more. Oh, but there's time travel in Captain's Holiday, isn't there? Oh yes, there is. Ah, we have the, uh, brought it in there. That's, that's it. Um, it's dealt with rather matter of factly in that because you have the the alleged security guards from the 27th century mm. who've come back to get the uh, Tox Utat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brilliant name they thought of there. And they have recorded in their history that Picard is the one who finds it. Mm. And he finds it and then he blows it up and they go, Yeah, it said you were gonna blow it up as well. Mm. And you think, why didn't you plan for that bit then? Mm, yeah. You they, found him. They did. You traveled just, back in time three hundred years, but you didn't read. They thought the next they could chapter. get around it. Yeah, he didn't read the next chapter. Well, that's the uh, that's the always the the classic time travel thing where you read about something happening, and then uh, but it says in the history books that this happens, and then you go back in time to try and stop it, and inadvertently you're actually the cause of it in the in the first place. Yes, and that's always a good one. That's like fries his own mother in his own father in Futurama. Yeah, or grandfather or someone, isn't he? Something like that. Yeah. I think Lister was his own father as well in Red Dwarf. Yes, he was. And uh, other things that I can't remember. Of those, yeah, that sort of... that nature. That nature. It all becomes a bit mind-boggling. It's Um, along the Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure School of Time Travel, isn't it? If uh, we say we're going to do that after something, then it will just happen. Well, time travel back to last week and steal my dad's keys and leave them here. Mm. So when we get here now, they'll be here. Oh, here they are. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Why don't we all just do that? Yeah. If I go back time to last week and leave my car keys here, I'll they'll be here and I won't be late. Oh, there they are. Mm. Never works. I've tried it a million times. No. You've got to have George Carlin in a telephone box. You do. And play a lot of air guitar. <laughs> It totally possessed my dad. Sadly, my time for air guitar playing has been cut down a lot these days. Uh, Too busy Um, with the Xbox. Um, Oh, another good one, just on the same lines. Because were they actually from the 27th 27th century? I think they were. They They just weren't security guards. They were two guys who tried to nick it. That's right. And then... But then there was a one in season five which had the dude out of um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Matt Frewer. Yes. Uh, and he says he's from the 28th century or something like I that. I can't remember that exactly. That role was originally written for Robin Williams. Was it? It was, and they had to pull out at the last minute to do toys. Oh. If I were him, I'd regret that, and I'd rather have done the Star Trek, because toys was a piece of shit mm. as a movie. Uh, but yeah, he was. He claimed to have been from a later century than he was. But he was actually from the 22nd century. 
and he was stealing a load of exactly he was stuff stealing to sell or to invent in tried to steal commas. data big mistake that was it people regularly try to steal data actually yeah the most toys mm. Watched that was that one again the other day. That's also a dark good. episode with the, what, the really painful disruptor and they vaporizes the girl at the oh, end. Oh, ever so slowly as well. Yeah. But it's very dark. Yeah, when when they've got the guy in the ring I remember thinking that was end. really dark when I was a small yeah. child and watching that for the first time. I was kind of like, ooh, that's horrible. Didn't want to watch that episode anymore because the guy in it was mean. <laughs> <laughs> You've never been that young and sensitive. Oh, I Certainly was. Certainly not while watching stuff. Oh, I was, I was. I got frightened when I watched it. It was all series three because there was a massive gap on uh, BBC Two um, broadcasting series three and series four, like years apart. Yeah, I remember. And I remember seeing series three and I must have been about ten and there were, there were things in series three which terrified me when I was a child. And then later on, series four came along, and like, uh, all right, okay. Although that did have nights, um, ah, uh, what's it called? It's a nightmare one where they all can't sleep properly and they're not dreaming. Oh, that's an excellent episode. I couldn't tell you the name of it. Night, sh- something like that. Night Shay or something. I can't remember. But that was a good one. That was that was really scary as well. Yes, yes. Oh, all the, all, the, one, all yeah. the corpses have suddenly uh, sat up in the massive mall. Oh, that was awesome. Yeah. That was certainly one of the most frightening moments. Is it possible that you do have a sensitive side deep it, down it in It might there? well be possible that I have a sensitive side. I wonder if we can ease well, it out. Well, do you know those, those horror films that you watch? Well, not horror films, like... But I still get... That one, that episode of Night Terror, I think it's called. That makes sense. That might be the one or something like, something crap like that. But that episode, even though I've watched far more horrific things on Japanese horror, you know, I've, uh, I've worked in a hospital. I've seen far more horrific things. Yeah, you things. worked in A&E, didn't I've you? I've seen lots of dead bodies. Bloody but hell. the, uh, but still, because that episode haunted me when I was a small child, if I put it on now, I still get the creeps. I still can't watch Even, BBC's Ghost Watch. It's it's so tame by what yeah. you, by what you've seen as an adult. But because you watched it, because it actually scared you when you were a child, it uh, it still creeps you out a bit. Alien still creeps me out. It's just members of the crew in body bags. Yeah, they won't even paid for extras that day. I bet you they'll no. just got whoever was hanging around. Come here, be zipped up, and just sit up when we give you the mark. Yeah, but it's so creepy. There were rubbish bits like Riker goes to sleep and he's in a bed of snakes. That was a bit shit. Um, and Troy floating towards the cloud and going, "Who are you? Who are you?" I'm but it was the fact that the other the crew of that ship had all killed themselves in vicious, horrible ways and you killed each other. And you yeah. go on the bridge, and the captain's been stabbed with a piece of metal, and someone's been hit by a phaser burst at stun at close range. As Commander is Wolf that says. a wharf impression? Yeah, that was a wharf. That was my best wharf impression. Not too bad. Okay, Six not as good as my Sulu though, is it? No, not as good as Sulu. Right. They're not a million miles apart. No, they're not. Now, now I hear you do them. Oh, we're, wow. we're off on one now here. Yeah, we're on Tangent City. Uh, um, where were we? Time traveling, back, future, the present, yeah. past. I, you know, my favorite time travel episode is Time Zero. I hate. I know Time's you Zero. hate that one. Hate it. I know you do. What do you hate about it? Is it just the data thing? I think it's mainly because it was the end of season two parter, and it was the late because they established that at the end of season three. And they had Best of Both Worlds Part 1 and 2. Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah. Yeah. And then they had Redemption Part 1 and 2. And then they had Descent 1 and 2. And then, you know, and then all good things at the very end of it. And Time's Arrow always struck me as a bit of a lame 
two-parter because nothing big redemption and best of both world big shit is going off oh yeah there's a big difference you know what was the end the, the end cliffhanger on times era i can't remember now, so um, i one. can't remember it's that forgettable i've got to get up to that season again and refresh my memory mm. uh, season five was a bit lame don't know the rec- yeah I remember now uh, a lot of polite episodes that's as I like to thing. call them it was all kind of polite there was like there was one or two like cause and effect and stuff time travel episode cause and effect that was a wicked time travel episode remind me the Enterprise blows up several hundred oh, times oh of course when they're stuck in the time loop yeah. beginning with the poker game mm. and then number three yeah clue must nice. depressurize the cargo bay right. don't try the tractor beam it won't work yeah terrible that i know these things but there you go great one great one. Oh, another one yesterday's enterprise one of my favorite now, episodes that is a good one that was a good one because that wasn't a time travel episode as such that was a time disruption episode yes yes but well, i suppose technically the enterprise c did travel in time so yeah it's a time travel one yeah it was a time travel episode yeah. um very well done the enterprise c i thought mm. and a very good interesting idea to bring tashi R back yeah and captain I- rachel garrett I do. He gets a piece of shrapnel to the face. Yes, that was quite dark. And then Riker gets blown up, and you wish it was real, but it wasn't. I love Riker. <laughs> if I was on the Enterprise, I'd be Riker's mate. Yeah, he'd be Riker's mate. I would. Uh, I always feel sorry for Denise Crosby mm. because I'm not. Sh- I'm never sure about in what circumstances she left the series. No, there's a number of different stories. Like one was that she did a Playboy shoot. And they fired her because she didn't have the wholesome image that they wanted for it. Right. Another was that she wanted to pursue her movie career, um, which clearly went far. Um, yeah. And th- th- those are the only two I know. Yeah, I think I always hear the movie career one the most because she did come back. Mm. But then the movie career one always goes for everyone else as well. Like Terry Farrell left because she wanted to pursue a movie career. Uh, Michelle Forbes didn't do the Kira role in uh, DS9 because she wanted to pursue a movie career, you know. Yeah. Things like that. And why is it that people do TV shows to pursue a movie career evidently really don't usually get very far with the and possible exception of George it. Clooney? Well, he, he didn't leave the TV show to pursue his movie career. No, he had he a movie did, career yeah. and then he left the show. That was it. Mm. And nowadays we see more and more movie stars going to TV yeah because it's more regular work and you get paid more and it's better some ways In, yeah I mean Charlie Sheen gets paid a shitload of money mm, Martin Sheen did as well yeah for West Wing and Kiefer Sutherland yeah and it's now fashionable to become to go back into the TV exactly never was in the old days I don't know mm. um, oh well oh well I wonder if there'll ever be more Star Trek TV one day. Mm, I hope so. I wait with bated breath. Well, we need more stuff to slag off, so yeah, there must be. <laughs> we do slag, <laughs> we it, do off slag so it off so much. I'm very conscious about that. I hope our listeners understand. We are quite conscious about the fact we keep slagging off. I and yet I own hundreds of Star Trek VHSs. I have put mm-hmm. countless hours of, of my own time into Star Trek. I even have about 60 Star Trek books, but you didn't know that. I didn't know that. I've got those at home. I looked at them the other day. I've got one. One? Which one? Uh, the Captain Logs ones. Oh, um, no, I mean fiction books. Oh, no. I'd, oh, no, I have three. I've read one. Now I don't have any anymore. Which ones? 
It was called The Eye of the Beholder. Ah, uh, I've got that one. one. That's a good one. It was. I enjoyed it immensely. That's a good one. Is that where they're in a nebula and it's Wesley and Picard and Data on the cover? There's a thing or... that makes you vomit if you look at it or something out the window and only Data can look at it and see it and it's like just beyond everybody. Because the books were graphic. The books were quite graphic in places yeah. like compared to the series. There was one I remember where Riker and this ensign being down to the surface of a planet and... Uh, the ensign takes a helmet off before they've taken full readings of the planet's atmosphere and it's actually comprised of a a corrosive acid and Riker tells her no and then she falls to the ground and like looks at her and her face is burning into itself and disintegrating dark yeah and my parents let me read these books because they thought oh they're Star Trek books maybe they could do with like a late night version of Star Trek yeah 10 o'clock sort of thing I always thought that'd be a great idea hmm yeah. Oh, we're way off time travel. We're there. way off time travel. We, we have, yeah, we're sticking around on that. Um, what were we saying? It was something we came up with. I was causing a fact that was a good time travel episode because it was quite well contained and they didn't travel very far. No, as well. It's always the, the awkwardness of the fact that they tend to end up in twentieth century Earth. That, that is generally what they do, isn't it? Mm. Uh, because I would imagine it's easy to do. I think the worst example of that was a Voyager episode. Uh, where they went back to present day Los Angeles. And you thought, oh, yeah, I remember guys. that. So you filmed round the corner then. Yeah. That that was what you did that day. You couldn't be asked clearly. And again, Tuvok had to wear a bandana and all that. And Well, there was the um, past tense part one and two, which was a Deep Space Nine one in the third season of Deep Space Nine and that was a random one but that was a very dark episode because that was all about 20th, 21st, early 21st century bearing in mind this was like 1996 or something when they made it so it was mm. you know it was set in our future their past and it was that kind of um, uh, it was all about the riots in New York or something like that and it was sort of like a precursor to World War 3 and all the social disorder that was going on at the time yes and, and uh, they so go there was a hero and he goes back and he gets killed he gets killed and, and then he becomes the hero and he is actually the guy and uh, what was it and then that's brought up later on in the uh, Little Green Men episode in series 4 and Nog looks at a pad and says doesn't this human look like Amanda Sisko and Quark says ah they all look the same and it's, you know, it's the guy He's, he's really? reading up on Earth history. Uh, I don't know. I can't wait to see more DS9. It's great. We're, we're suffering a great void of it, really, unless you own it already. There's I've, none on telly anymore. I've got, yeah, I've got all of them. You can borrow. I've not, I've not got all of them. Oh, there's some of series two and one I'm missing, but I've got most of them. I'll have to do that. Are they on video? Yeah, got, yeah they're on VHS. Ooh, tape. Mm, I know. I never thought we'd see the day. Yeah. But there you go. There we go. That's just it. Should we should we leave this one? Yeah. And do some a little bit of housekeeping for you. Yeah, the okay. End. Okay. So that's the end of our time travel debate for mm-hmm. now. It's been a experience. It has, yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're very tired. Yeah. I think it's fair to say it's my fault for not coming over here till too late. Yeah, you're lazy. Too late. Lazy bastard. I know I've been sort of very quiet, but God, my mouth is killing me. I don't know. I think we've been both talking quite regularly. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Richard's had a wisdom tooth out, so you're going to have to forgive him for his... Um, it's just burning inside. ...monosyllabic nature this week. That's it. It's burning inside. I'll be back to normal by the weekend. Sorry. Um, 
So, the weekend, when we'll be recording another movies you should see. Another, another three movies another you should three see. Movies which you should will see. be released over the subsequent three weeks. We yes. won't tell you what those films are, but we will be doing that. Check that out on the website, simplysyndicated.com slash movies you should see. If you like films and you like film reviews... You'll like movies you'll, you'll you should like see. You'll like movies you should see. <laughs> well, we review films. If you like arsy British guys um, reviewing films, even better. Come along. Yeah. It's a great time. Every week's fun. So I'll party. Um, and there's loads of back episodes for you to download on the website um, if you so desire. Yeah, there's loads of other podcasts. There's Weekend Watches and there's, oh, do you think that's just bollocks? Frank's coming on that one this week uh, uh, to take over. And now you can get them all on one feed as well called Simply Here. That's fantastic. That's our audio channel. Audio channel. So you subscribe to that one feed in iTunes and you get Make It So and Movies You Should See and Bollocks. Everything and under one banner. That's it. Never again will you have to worry about getting the next episode of Make It So but missing episode of movies you should see now you can get them all at the same time that's the way to do it fantastic uh, send us some audio feedback we'll play some clips we haven't had any in a while mm. I think we've got one I haven't played yet anyway but I'll play that at some point uh, and an email and should we address that one email we did get okay go for it actually um where are we well, right well Richard finds the email oh I've got it there I shouldn't have done this at an angle uh, this is from Joe, uh, who agrees with us and likes Star Trek on many things, but he thought Janeway was the best captain. On oh, the did ground. he actually say the best captain? Yeah. Uh, how could you guys not include Janeway for best captain? She was brilliant. And that has five exclamation marks after it. Right. Uh, she got everyone on Voyager home when other captains, like the Equinox captain, would have just buckled and lost the plot. Plus, she actually managed to make a deal with the Borg. I'm not surprised she was an admiral in Nemesis. Mm-hmm. Well, she managed to get them home because she wasn't actually looking at the bleakness of the situation. She was too busy wondering which pair of shoes to have. Had to be a woman captain for that mission. <laughs> I think you have said a few people there, but never <laughs> no, mind. I'm joking. Um, I disagree with it generally because, first of all, a voice would have pissed me off to the fact I would have shot her on the first day, as I've said before. Yeah. With stuck wear captain. Oh, really? Thud. <laughs> <laughs> That sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, plus, none of the other captains got tested. Picard would not have buckled under the pressure. No. And he killed a shit ton of bug, mm-hmm. let alone wimping out and negotiating with them. Mm-hmm. He'd have blown them up and killed them all. Yep. He broke the Queen Borg's spine with his bare hands. <laughs> I saw him do it. <laughs> yeah. And he did it all in a vest. Yeah. So, grey hair. Exactly. Exactly. You don't... I'm sorry, Janeway, no. No, peaceful no. solutions. We don't want that. We want big guns. It's that voice. <laughs> Just someone a little less nasal, I think, would have done <laughs> it better. <laughs> but thank you for your email. We appreciate that. He also says maybe we consider doing a Star Wars one. I consider there being a Star Wars show, but I'm not bloody doing it. <laughs> I do enough podcasts, and I'm certainly not adding to my geek status by going on about Star Wars. I think week. you should do. I think you should up your geek kudos. And Definitely. Do that. No, I'm not going to, though. 
Right, you do it. If I'm going to use Linux, um, then <laughs> you're going to have to do a Star Wars co- podcast. You said Linux on a Star Trek podcast. I know. As you said that, my girlfriend left me. <laughs> my trousers got too short, and my my coat turned into a green anorak. And we we crossed the line, Mike. <laughs> None of us are wearing specs, though, so that's all right. But we both have them. <laughs> We're just not wearing them. <laughs> that's, that's all there is to it. Let's end this, this before it gets much worse. I'm actually going to start using a, a, a pseudo name for the show, maybe. Or like, uh, Do it, Mr. X and Mr. Y. Uh, yeah. Discuss Star Trek. Don't know who it is. And we'll put Chipmunk voice on through GarageBand. It'll yeah. be brilliant. Oh dear, let's leave this. Let's thank leave you very one. much for yeah, listening. And thank, yeah, again, thank you for your email. Um, so, and if anyone else would like to email us and let us know their opinions about the show, yes. go, ahead, go ahead. Oh, the email address is makeitso at simplysyndicated.com. We should mention what it actually is. Yeah. If you want to phone in and leave an audio comment, it's on the webpage, simplysyndicated.com slash makeitso. Indeed. So have a look there and join the forum as well. They're good. Okay, and it tells us if there's any time travel episodes we missed out. We didn't touch Voyager. Did Voyager ever do time travel? Yeah, we, we did. Oh, yeah, we said the, uh, yeah, with the bad 21st century and Ape Begley Jr. That's right. That's it. Mm. Okay, thank you for listening. Thank Good you very night. much. When it comes to movie reviews, what you want is intelligent, grown-up conversation. If we hear any of we'll let you know. If Star Trek had been a bit more raunchy, I'm sure it'd have got a body double with a big cock to stand in at some point. (laughs) (laughs) Movies you should see from Simply Syndicated. Find us at www.simplysyndicated.com slash movies you should see. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.